Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It is Thursday, August 18th, and this is People Every Day. Hello again, everyone. It's me, Nigel Smith, back with you today. I want to give Janine a shout out and some love for her incredible interview with Tevin Campbell that aired yesterday. If you haven't had a chance to listen to Wednesday's special show, I can't recommend it highly enough. We've got another great show planned for you today, including my interview with the star of the new Pretty Little Liars reboot, Bailey Madison. The season is out on HBO Max, and it's safe to say I am addicted. <laughs> but first, let's get into what everybody's talking about. We begin with what's seemingly becoming more and more of a pattern in Hollywood. A-list stars putting their mental health first. Yesterday, Jonah Hill penned an open letter addressing why he will no longer promote films. The Don't Look Up actor said he wouldn't be making the media rounds for his upcoming documentary, Stuts, which he directed. Hill added that he will skip press tours and public events for other upcoming projects and cited his longtime struggle with anxiety and panic attacks for his reasoning. The Wolf of Wall Street star said in part, quote, Through this journey of self-discovery within the film, I have come to the understanding that I have spent nearly 20 years experiencing anxiety attacks, which are exacerbated by media appearances and public-facing events. Hill acknowledged that he's part of, quote, the privileged few who can afford to take time off, and that he, quote, won't lose my job while working on my anxiety. All very good points. Hill went on to say that he hopes that being transparent about his anxiety will, quote, make it more normal for people to talk about and act on this stuff so they can make steps towards feeling better and so that the people in their lives might understand their issues more clearly. This comes on the heels of another story we covered this week where actor Tom Holland said he stepped away from social media for the sake of prioritizing his mental health. It's certainly an interesting trend we're seeing with these big name stars. And honestly, I think it's great that they are being so open about this difficult topic. Hopefully, they will encourage others to do what's best for their mental health. And now I'm about to say something I probably never said out loud in my life. Let's talk about golf. So Patrick Reed is a professional golfer who's had some success, including winning the 2018 Masters. But now Reed is launching a defamation lawsuit against the Golf Channel and commentator Brandel Shambly. According to court documents, Shambly and the Golf Channel are being accused of causing, quote, continuing and aggravated harm to Mr. Reed's professional, business and personal reputation and livelihood. The documents further claim that Shambly and the network conspired with the PGA Tour, its executives, and its commissioner, Jay Monahan, to engage in a pattern and practice of defaming Mr. Reed. Per the complaint, Reese has felt targeted and also stated that this has created a hostile work environment for him. Reed isn't messing around either. He's seeking $750 million in damages. Wow. His legal team claimed that the defendants would misreport information with falsity and or reckless disregard of the truth when discussing Reed and his performance. 
So back in 2019, Reed was seen on camera moving sand from behind his ball, in which case you're wondering, this is a big no-no in golf. You can see when he took the club back, he definitely took some sand back behind it. Now you can you can ground the club there. He not only did it once, he did it twice. Listen, I'm no golf expert, but if you watch the video, you can clearly see him moving the sand around. At the time, Reed received a penalty for doing so and later blamed what he called a bad camera angle for the accusations. During the coverage of that tournament, Shambly allegedly said this is going to follow him around like the video of Nixon saying, I'm not a crook. In 2020, Reed's attorney sent a cease and desist letter to Shambly demanding that he stop saying Reed intentionally broke the rules. With the growing hostility between golfers choosing to play in the new Saudi-backed league and everything that happened with Ivana Trump being buried at Bedminster, and now this story, the world of golf is really becoming its own reality show. Lots of shade throwing and the back and forth accusations. I, for one, can't wait to see the Real Housewives of the PGA Tour coming soon to a Bravo channel near you. And speaking of high-stakes drama, we have to unpack the latest chapter in the ongoing conflict between Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie. New details are coming to light about a conflict between exes Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie that happened on a flight from France to Los Angeles in 2016. People has obtained the FBI report of that incident in which, under the anonymous Jane Doe, Angelina requested FBI documents be released to her under the Freedom of Information Act amid her ongoing custody battle with Pitt, with whom she shares six kids. There is so much to break down here, and before we dive in, a heads up that we will be talking about abuse in this segment. Joining me now to talk about these new developments is People's Executive Editorial Director, Charlotte Triggs. Hi, Charlotte. Hey, Nigel. How you doing? I'm good. I'm good. So let's cut right to the chase. So what did the FBI report tell us that we didn't already know? This has been six years in the making. A lot of these things are things that people had heard at the time. Over the years, a lot of us in the industry had heard some of the more salacious details, but you know, never had it in writing in a federal document, right? Everybody in the world knew that there was some kind of fight, some kind of altercation that led to the demise of their marriage that occurred on this airplane. And because it happened on an airplane, the plane was met by authorities when it landed. So we knew that that had happened. We knew that the FBI had investigated him for allegedly um, getting violent with one of the children and with Angelina, and that authorities declined to proceed pressing charges. What we didn't know were the intricacies of what had gone down, the kind of the play-by-play. -play. And that's what we're getting in this report. It's really explosive, as I know you've seen. What specifically occurred on that plane, according to this FBI report, that, that you feel will shock listeners? By the way, this is all Angelina's account given to the FBI. Sources close to Brad are quick to point out this is not a factual document that is to be taken as having been proven in court or anything. This is one person's account of everything, and they did not take his account for these documents. So one of the kids was being moody, and Angelina was all, you know, worried about the kid and, and defending the kid. And Brad threw out kind of a questionable line, allegedly saying that the kid is acting like a effing Columbine kid, the fight devolved immediately into like, you're ruining our family. No, you're ruining our family. And he allegedly took her into the back of the plane to like basically have an argument. She'd had one glass of wine. According to the report, he'd had at least three. We do know from his own admission 
that he was drinking and alcohol was a factor in all this. They go to argue in the back of the plane and he allegedly kind of shoves her, punches the ceiling. And when he, when they emerge from this private area of the plane, the children are like, mommy, are you okay? And Brad allegedly said, no, mommy's gone crazy and she's effing up this family. And then one of the children, we believe from previous reporting way back in the day that this was Maddox said, no, she's not. You are, you prick. And then at which point Brad allegedly goes to lunge for the son and Angelina intervenes. The fight gets physical. They literally tumble around the airplane. This is where I'm thinking if I were the pilot, I would I would ground the plane. I thought the same thing while reading this whole thing. I'm like, what is going on in the cockpit when all this is happening? From there, that's not even the end of it. From there, it's like they they leave each other alone for a little while. But apparently, like according to this report, Brad would get up and start ranting every 30 minutes or so. And the drinking continues. He's pouring wine all over the place, spilled a beer on top of her. Again, her account. And by the time they land, she's saying, I'm taking the kids to a hotel. And he said, you're not taking my effing kids away from me. I want a divorce. And from there, the fateful decision to split occurred. And we all know that this has been probably one of the ugliest divorces in Hollywood. The FBI report also includes images that Angelina shared of what she described as injuries she sustained on this flight as a result of it. And she also said that Brad sustained something, right? We don't have a clear picture. I mean, these are like some grainy shots, but she allegedly, she described injuries to her back and neck and that she had rug burn on her hand from being kind of like thrown around and all this stuff. And we believe that he had scratches on him too. I don't believe we have any images of that or know the extent of it. Now, it's important to note that his side, they're not like offering up any kind of counter argument to what's in this report. They're more appalled that this report has been sent out at this late, late stage in the process after so many, so many years. They point out that both Angelina and Brad had this report themselves already for at least five and a half years. And these docs were entered into the custody proceedings, those highly contentious custody proceedings that at one point awarded him 50-50 custody. And then the judge was thrown out and they vacated that whole judgment. It has gone back and forth and back and forth. So these documents are, are things that everybody has reviewed. And what sources close to Brad are saying is why did she do a Freedom of Information Act request to get them, if not to make sure that people saw them in order to inflict pain on him? It is all just very messy. Yeah, and the timing of this is interesting with Brad Pitt, a box office star with Bullet Train doing very well at the box office now and the film having just come out in theaters. You know, with Bullet Train coming out, he was having some fun. He was having a bit of a nice summer. He's throwing himself into his work and he's living his best life as well as one can, given the circumstances. And the sad part is, is that they don't actually have any dates on the books in the custody situation. So for now, his children are getting older and older, and it's just, it remains unresolved for such a long time. Wow. So we have to note that the FBI closed its investigation by November of that year with no charges against Brad. And also the Department of Children and Families concluded its investigation into the incident with no findings of abuse. Thank you so much, Charlotte, for coming on and breaking down this very complicated story. Thanks, Nigel. 
You guys, Pretty Little Liars is back with a brand new cast. And if you're like me, you cannot wait to binge the brand new series on HBO Max. Coming up, we're going behind the scenes with one of the stars of the show, Bailey Madison. I was so excited for this new iteration, having loved the original series so much. Remember that one? Wow, what a great show. And speaking of love, right after the break, we're catching you up on the love lives of your favorite celebrities with this week's edition of Heart Monitor. We'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Welcome to the Snapple Market Auditory Experience. Close your eyes. Imagine you're walking into your neighborhood store. You make your way to the back and reach for your favorite Snapple flavor. You can't wait. You take a sip. Whoa, that's a lot of flavor. Mm. What flavor are you holding? Now open your eyes and check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavorful Snapple near you. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We are back and it's time to check the pulse of your favorite celebs love lives on Heart Monitor. We begin with an ending. Gilmore Girls alum Alexis Bledel and Mad Men star Vincent Carthizer are calling it quits. Yesterday through a rep for Bledel, people confirmed Carthizer filed for divorce. The two met on the Mad Men set, as you'll probably remember, back in 2012 and walked in the aisle two years later. The actors kept their relationship pretty private and rarely make public appearances together. The two welcomed a baby back in 2015 and still haven't released the child's name. With how private they were as a couple, I would be very surprised if we learned what went south for them. Moving on from an unexpected divorce to a surprise wedding. Lee Pace is a married man. The Bodies, Bodies, Bodies actor confirmed in a recent interview that he is married to Matthew Foley. The two were reportedly set up by a mutual friend a few years back. Pace spoke to a news outlet about being married to the Tom Brown exec, saying, quote, what I'll say about being married, it was once described to me as an endless sleepover with your weirdest friend. In our experience, that is absolutely true. If you found one person you can be weird around, hold on tight. What a beautiful sentiment. And as a married person myself, I can relate to it. Huge congrats to the happily married couple. And last but certainly not least, Teresa Giudice seems to be thoroughly enjoying her new marriage. As you may recall, the Real Housewives of New Jersey star tied the knot with Luis Ruelas earlier this month, and the two of them have been treating their Instagram followers, their millions of followers, to an inside look of their Grecian honeymoon. The newlyweds shared glimpses of their romantic island getaway, including their luxury hotel and a scenic helicopter ride. Wow. Judice gushed over the experience in an Instagram story saying, this is the land of love. Look how beautiful. It's all about love here. You have to check out their posts for yourself. They look absolutely gorgeous. When it comes to Princess Teresa, I wouldn't expect her honeymoon to be anything less than glamorous and fabulous.
I watch a lot of TV, it must be noted, but Pretty Little Liars is one of the few shows I can admit to being fully addicted to back when it aired for seven seasons on ABC Family. There's nothing like it on TV with its wild twists and turns and high stakes drama, which is why I was so excited when the new Pretty Little Liars original Sin was announced for HBO Max. In this latest iteration, we are introduced to a whole new set of characters and a whole new A. It's exciting stuff, and I'm so thrilled to introduce my next guest, one of the stars of the series, Bailey Madison. Hey, Bailey, welcome to the podcast. I'm really thrilled to be here. Thank you. The first season so far has been pretty wild. There's drama, there's suspense, there's a lot of grisly murders, and it just really makes for great must-watch TV, so congratulations. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. All those things are what we were hoping to hear in the nine months we were filming this show. So it feels lovely that you feel that way. <laughs> what was it like to be in this twisted, sordid world for, for nine months and getting into that headspace? Accepting the fact that you were just having to dive head on into that world, I think is the best way to explain it. We filmed in upstate New York. So we were genuinely in like a very small town. We all were staying in these cabins in the woods. Our family became our cast and it became our crew. It was the first time I've ever filmed something where when I went home at night, I like struggled to, I think, release that energy and find myself. It was really special experience. And yeah, it was, I mean, I do it all over again so many times if I could. At the outset of this show, your character is dealing with intense trauma after the death of her mother. And you're also being mocked at school relentlessly for being a, a pregnant teenager. What was it like having to, to play that on screen? I think that was one of the many reasons why I wanted to be a part of the show so badly. It was within my like first initial conversation with Roberto and Lindsay, it was very clear to me that they weren't just interested in doing like a teen drama that they wanted to tell stories that mattered. They wanted to push the boundaries and show, I think the internal horror that so many young women and just as society that we deal with on a daily basis. The best way that I can describe like filming the first two episodes was I always described Imogen as like a Jiffy Pop. You put Jiffy Pop on like a stove and it, and if it bursts, it's like done. And I was like, I feel like at all times she was having some sort of an anxiety or like a panic attack. Well, about all those panic attacks and all the, the stuff that your character had to deal with and that you had to deal with playing her. How did you unwind at the end of the day and just try to get this character off your mind. I'm such a family person. So it was always like a FaceTime with the fam. You know, a part of the reason why I was really excited to also sign on is I wanted to experience the hours of what it's like to film a show like this. We poured everything that we had into the show, our crew and our cast. So sleep was minimum and like chocolate cake. Chandler and I were big on like, if we were, if we were drained from one of the days, we were like, we need chocolate cake. So <laughs> I have chocolate cake and pass out like a baby. I love that. Uh, well, a show like this and all the Pretty Little Liars shows, they really live or die based on the sisterhood on screen. How was it working with all of your female co-stars and bringing the friendships and the feuds to life? I think what I love that this show does is you don't meet these girls when they already know each other. You meet them at a time where they're thrown into the same room and they've been strangers in hallways for a while now. But as the season progresses, you see them understand each other and get each other and listen to one another and care. And that seemed very directly mirrored to what we were going through. I feel like every day we were getting naturally just closer and understanding each other. 
it's obviously scary to sign on to a show. You don't know who your family is going to become. And the fact that everyone who's a part of the show just meshed and cared so much for one another, it genuinely makes it a really special experience. Did you watch the original series back when it came out or is it something you revisited when you booked this role? Oh, no, I was like an OG fan. I have had so many people pull up old receipts to like call me out. I actually, I was talking to Lucy the other day and there was a tweet that I posted and I was like, OMG, I'm freaking out. I'm on a carpet next to Lucy Hale. You know, my A inside of me is dying. I remember watching these women and thinking one day when I'm their age, I would love to get to do something like this and experience this world. So the fact that it's not just a show like that, but existing within the same universe is really humbling. A lot of people were saying, you know, at the time of the original show's premiere, I'm an Aria or I'm Anna. So out of the original cast, which, which girls did you most identify with? I was definitely between Aria and I was definitely between Spencer. Spencer, I really did gravitate towards. But as I've gotten older, I'm actually like, I feel like Hannah's humor. I wasn't aware of my humor back then. But like now that I go back and watch episodes, I'm like, oh, I have a bit of Hannah in me too, I think. But what I loved so much and what I hope our show was able to do too is you didn't just have to be one character. I think the idea was to try to find pieces of you throughout the show. And so I think that's what made it really fun is that you could you could connect to all of them and not just one. So you mentioned Lucy Hale earlier. And from what I understand, she's a really close friend of yours. And I'm curious if she's seen this new iteration. And if so, what does she what does she think of this new version? She's wonderful. I mean, I've I've admired her for obviously so many years and to have her you know, by my side as a friend, first and foremost, has meant so much. She hosted our panel for our premiere that we had and supported all the ladies and was able to talk to us. She keeps just saying, enjoy the journey. And I think she's excited for all that's ahead for all of us. And so that means a lot to me. Well, the final three episodes of Pretty Little Liars Original Sin are now streaming on HBO Max. I definitely recommend you check it out. Bailey, this was such a pleasure. Thank you so much for stopping by. No, pleasure was mine. Genuinely, thank you for the support. That means a lot. And moving on to our last story surrounding the parenting of two Washington, D.C. news anchors. Did you like that? (laughs) First time parents Jeanette Reyes and Robert Burton created a now viral video on TikTok featuring their six-week-old daughter Isabella on what they're calling BNN, (laughs) Baby News Network. I love that. Good morning, Bella. It is 9.52. Hopefully you slept well. Certainly no one else did, but we're not going to point any fingers. Let's send it over to Robert Burton for more on your weather. Well, JR, beautiful day outside, as you can see. Temps in the mid-80s. No humidity. Will we get to enjoy it? Well, if spit-ups, feedings, and diaper changes don't get in the way, we just might be able to make it out of here before midnight. You guys have to see this video. It's done so well with them mixing in their news anchor speak while lamenting all of the things new parents have to deal with. I'm talking about sleep deprivation, spit ups, and yes, diaper blowouts. Well, speaking of diaper changes, we have some breaking news. An explosion at the diaper station. Fortunately, no injuries have been reported and authorities tell us they do have a suspect in custody. Unfortunately, that suspect is not speaking at the moment, but they have linked her to hundreds of other explosions. And of course, baby Bella ends her day with a little story time. Twinkle, twinkle, little star. How I wonder what you are. Up above the world so high, like a diamond in the sky. Well, that's all the time we have, folks. Thanks for watching the Baby News Network. This 
is being in. Seriously, this video is just so funny and cute and so well done. And I hope it was something to make you smile. That is our show for today. Tomorrow, I'm turning over hosting duties to the wonderfully talented and my beloved colleague, Lene Brody. I just want to say thank you so much, Janine, for letting me fill in. And thank you all for letting me be a part of your week here on People Every Day.